from Acts, they will be the focus of my message today. And what we're going to do is we're going to just go through the text and we're going to talk about it. Uh, and as we go through this, I want to focus on how Philip, though he didn't know what was going to happen, he didn't know what was coming next, uh, he followed where God directed him. So we're going to look at this, we're going to see how Philip responds, and we're going to uh, reflect on how in the world it applies to us. So here in Acts, uh, this is the early stages of the Christian church. You know, it's not too long ago, uh, not too long before this, was Holy Week. We're talking just a few months after Holy Week uh, to now, where Jesus has started his church. So this whole Christianity thing, this whole making disciples thing, is pretty new. You know, there's not a, a how-to book on how to do any of this. Starting uh, more or less from scratch, not knowing what each day is going to be, uh, what your day-to-day, week-to-week is going to look like, can be a bit stressful. It can be a bit daunting. But here's Philip in Acts 8. He's just going about his day. Now, we don't know what he was doing, just that an angel of the Lord told him to go somewhere. Now, in one sense, I would imagine that this would be scary, right? Anybody who comes across an angel in the Bible is scared. Even when the angels come to those shepherds with good news, they have to tell them, hey guys, stop being afraid. We're here, we're here for your good. So in one sense, it would be scary. But in another sense, it would kind of be nice for God to tell you, or a messenger of God to tell you what your day-to-day is supposed to look like. That, that would be really nice, you know, not waking up in the morning thinking, hmm, I don't know what I'm supposed to do today. Let me give you your plans for the day. And for Philip, that is what happened. In verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go to the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So the angel says to do this, but doesn't say what is going to happen. Doesn't tell him what Philip is going to do. The angel just tells him where to go. So Philip uh, has no idea what to expect, right? He has no idea if someone is in need, no idea if someone there is going to maybe try to harm him, uh, no idea if there's even anyone there at all. But even not knowing what he was going to be doing, he listened to the angel and he went. Now, for us, uh, we don't necessarily know what God has planned for us in a given day, right? Like, you guys aren't getting, like, encrypted messages from God telling you what to do, are, are you? No? Okay. Nor are we having an angel tell us where to go, right? Okay. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. But what is similar between us and Philip is that God presents opportunities, and with the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit, we respond. Philip went where God's messenger told him to go. And then look at verse 29. It says, And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join the chariot. So notice there's a shift, right? An angel of the Lord told him where to go, but once he gets there, then the Spirit takes over. And the Spirit tells him, Go over there. Once Philip gets to where God wants him to go, God's Holy Spirit is actively shown. Now, uh, we do know that the Spirit was actively involved with Philip before. Like, it's not like Philip was working apart from the Holy Spirit. But this is important to see. The Holy Spirit 
was with Philip in the work that God wanted him to do. And when Philip got to where he was supposed to go, the Spirit directed him to go over to this chariot that was there. And in that chariot, there is an Ethiopian eunuch, a.k.a. not a Jew. So he was not of the heritage of the descendant of the promise of Abraham. But this eunuch is reading an Old Testament scroll from the prophet Isaiah. And what do you know? Philip goes near the chariot, uh, the chariot and, the Philip bas- uh, and the eunuch basically says to Philip, Hey, who is this about? The questions that he asked Philip were giving Philip a direct opportunity to talk about Jesus. I mean, it was like on a silver platter for Philip. I don't know if anyone in the history of Christianity has had an easier witnessing opportunity than this right here. It's almost like Philip was supposed to be there for a reason. God brought Philip to this eunuch. And and though he had no idea what to expect, Philip, as it says in Acts 8.35, opened his mouth. He didn't have time to rehearse in his head what he was going to say. He didn't have time in the shower to go over, okay, this is how the conversation is going to go. If he says this, no. He didn't have time for any of that. He didn't know what was going to happen. He just spoke. He spoke about God's word. He talked about Jesus. And he used this Old Testament scripture from Isaiah as a connecting point. A connecting point which he used then to talk about the life-changing gospel of Jesus that Philip himself had also experienced. And after Philip responds, how, how does the eunuch respond? Hey, see, there's some water over there. What prevents me from being baptized? Philip listened to what God told him to do. He listened to the Spirit's prompting and went over to the chariot. He listened to the eunuch. And then he talked about Jesus. And this guy's response, he goes from not knowing Jesus, from not knowing the life-changing power of the gospel, to knowing Jesus and to wanting to be baptized. I mean, in Philip's wildest dreams, I don't think he would have thought that his day would have gone the way that it did. But God works in the lives of his people in ways that can far exceed what we might expect. The same is true for us today. God works in amazing ways that we might not expect. Similar to Philip, we don't know what God has planned for us. And even though we don't have an angel telling us where to go like Philip did, God's Spirit is inside us. God is directing our path. He is putting us in positions to do His will. God is making our paths to cross with people, giving us an opportunity to share our story, to share the gospel of Jesus. And that's an encouraging part, not only from Philip's story, not only from the story of the early Christian church in the book of Acts, but for all believers. God's Holy Spirit lives in us. Uh, The Spirit is working in us, leading us to go and to do what God wants us to do. I mean, do you think it was all coincidence that happened here? Philip went to some place in the middle of the desert, and he just 
happened to find somebody who was just happened to be coming back from worshiping in Jerusalem, and he just happened to go over there, and this guy just happened to be reading scriptures that just happened to be about the Christ, and Philip just happened to say the right words, and this guy just happened to want to be baptized. All coincidence, right? There's no such thing with coincidence when it comes to God. Instead, here's a word to take with you. There are God-sidences or God-incidences. There are situations in our lives that seem all like great coincidence, but in fact are beautifully orchestrated by God. And it's just as true for us today as it was back then. God is working in our lives, putting us in positions that allow us to share our lives, to share the gospel with others. I'd actually like to share a, a personal story of this, of a, of a time that I didn't know how or even that God was working and uh, did not certainly know what God had planned for me. So the summer between my sophomore and junior year of college, uh, I went on a mission trip to Hawaii. Um, yeah, I was going to say, but you guys beat me to it. Uh, I was going to say before you even think about it, yes, I really suffered for the gospel in beautiful Hawaii. It was actually a week before this trip was when, my, when I started developing the back pain that I still deal with today. Uh, and that, the pain back then was not nearly as bad as it is now, but it still was a hindrance. And so on this trip, I was fairly restricted. Uh, and, and I was so frustrated because I went on this trip to help with a lot of manual labor things, and I, I couldn't really do much of it. And I had to stay back from going out on certain projects. And, and uh, one of those times, I ended up talking to a girl who was also on the trip with me, who was just a few, youngers, a few years younger than me. And she shared that she was going through some difficulties in her life. And, and I, I listened. And then I shared my story about how I've seen God's grace work in my life. I, I shared a few passages of scripture and a few Christian songs. That was the conversation. <laughs> Uh, it was a good conversation, but nothing really came out of it. We talked some more on the trip and a little bit after, but that was really it. Fast forward to last year, almost eight years after the trip, and I got a message from her on Facebook. She shared with me that before and on that trip, she was really in a, a rough point in her life. She had a lot of big questions, a big doubt about God. And in fact, she would say that she really wasn't even a true believer at that point. But the reason that she messaged me was to share that she was being baptized on Easter. And she said it was on that trip through that conversation that she felt God's grace in her life for the first time. She pointed to that random conversation eight years prior to what changed the trajectory of her life. I, I still get goosebumps thinking about it, and it's one of the most powerful ways that I've seen God work firsthand. And I couldn't tell you a thing about that conversation. I don't remember it at all. I did not certainly leave that conversation thinking, oh man, God is going to work big things through her life, through this conversation. Uh, no, I, I didn't think anything of it. But God had bigger plans than what I could imagine was possible. He used conversation, conversation that was based around his word, that was centered on the gospel to do just that, to, to change a life. 
We never know when something that seems routine could be used for amazing things. Or when something that seems bad can be used for amazing things. I was bummed on that trip that I wasn't able to do much, but God was orchestrating something so much bigger. Philip probably wasn't expecting to baptize a eunuch when he woke up that day. Peter probably wasn't expecting 3,000 people to come to believe in Jesus when he preached on Pentecost. You may not wake up thinking that you're going to have a big impact on someone's life in a given day, but God is working. He works through even the mundane, even uh, the mundane conversations, the mundane things of your life that you might not think, but he's doing these things, and he's working, and he's working through you to build his kingdom. Now, are we always going to see, you know, the, the point in someone's story where they come to faith? No. A lot of times, we're not going to see that point in someone's life. We might go our whole lives without seeing that fruit. Sometimes we just have to plant the seed of, of God's word, and someone else gets to see that blossom into the fruit of faith. But God uses us to play a role to spread his word, to spread the gospel for all those that we come across in our lives. He orchestrates our path to come into contact with people in ways that might seem like it is great coincidence, but in reality is God's sense. He uses us to listen to people, to share our story, and to always point back to his word, to Jesus. You know, it's obviously not a situation where it's like, well, God used me. He used me to bring somebody. No, it's not for our benefit or our glory. It's for the glory of God. It's for the benefit of others. But what an immense blessing that is that God uses us to play a part in building his kingdom. Even in ways that we might not think are, are big, God is working through all of our lives. He's working through us to, to share his gospel message with others. God had plans for Philip to meet, proclaim the gospel to, and baptize that eunuch. Which, by the way, Christian tradition says that that eunuch would evangelize to Ethiopia. And that he would also end up baptizing the queen herself. God used Philip, one person, to bring the message to the eunuch. And the eunuch brought that message to Ethiopia and baptized the queen herself. God works in ways that we could never imagine. Who knows how far that gospel spread just starting from Philip. Getting back to our reading for today, the last verse in Acts 8.40, it says... But Philip found himself in Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns he came to until he came to Caesarea. God brought Philip to this eunuch, but then Philip went on with his life. And as he did, he brought the gospel to all he encountered. We bring the gospel to people that we encounter in our lives, both the people that we know and have relationships and maybe see every day, as well as people that we may not know and may never see again.
Not every day was this really kind of uh, exciting mountaintop experience where Philip got to baptize this person. Our everyday life is not filled with every day seeing God bring someone to faith or seeing, seeing it just click for someone. But as we go through our lives, we bring the gospel and God blesses that and he works through it. Whether we see God work in big ways or it just kind of seems like it's just another day, God is working through you. God alone be praise, honor, and glory. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we are just amazed at uh, how you orchestrate things, how you work things in ways that seem, wow, that's really coincidental, but it's really you just uh, showing your power and your might, how you work, Lord. We thank you that you uh, allow us to be part of that, uh, part of building your kingdom here, part of changing lives for Jesus. God, we thank you for that. I ask that you'd help us to remember that every day that you are using uh, everything we do, Lord, to, to benefit others and, and to, to share your gospel. God, help us to remember that there is a bigger picture beyond just what we experience every day. We thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.